Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 74 of the Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Join me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, the man who ate a bowl of cornflakes and was called a serial killer, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? I'm good. I, I don't like being called a serial killer. Uh, you know, serial, as in like, you <laughs> like, know, yeah, the yeah. Cereal, okay, all right, it. making I sure. Yeah. Also joining us in the studio once again, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you today, I'm sir? I'm excited to be here. <laughs> it's good <laughs> to see you. Glad to be here. Yeah. Just glad he's not being called serial. That's killer. right. Absolutely. Yeah, that would not be good. No, that would not be good. Well, gentlemen, how was your weekend? Obviously, we uh, there was a Super Bowl there, last there night, but before Super we get Bowl. to that, there was a kind of a miserable day on Saturday. I mean, it was kind of cold, wet, rainy. Did you guys get up to anything fun before church and the Super Bowl on Sunday? No. <laughs> <laughs> not a whole just lot you can do. Yeah. Not yeah. a whole lot you can Henry do. Henry had a man. basketball game. How'd so, that go? Uh, it was great. Yeah. It was great. It was a lot of fun. So we're kind of at the point in the season now where the first graders are actually understanding how to play okay. basketball. Yeah. So uh, these last few games are great. Yeah. <laughs> then the season's over. Less like herding cats and more yeah, like an more actual like game. Actual yeah. Basketball. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we had a great Saturday. But you're right, man. It, it was, was yeah, not, just yeah. one of those just... We built a fire though, yeah. and, you know, just watched the movie, wow. and yeah, we, hung out. So uh, yeah, you know, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, we, we stayed inside as well. We yeah. just didn't didn't get up to a whole lot. So. But the real fun, other than obviously church, which well, of we'll course. talk about, yeah. was yeah. the Super Bowl. Absolutely, I mean, that's the point of the weekend. Absolutely. Don't bury the headline. No, chat. let's 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 talk about it. So so did, was there a team that you were rooting for more than the other? Not really. Okay. No, I just wanted a good game. I it respect, was a good game. It though. was a great game. I respect both coaches and both teams and. Um, lots of good players, and yeah, I mean, great game. Um, terrible ending, but a great <laughs> game. Yeah. I was say a great game up until about the last minute and a half of the game. Yeah, so you know, I had Mahomes as my quarterback in our fantasy football league, yeah, so I, I was remember. pulling for the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, he, he remembered because he put up a lot of points uh, for me. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I think you you beat me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, um, just rubbing it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, but it was uh, like you said, man. It was a fantastic game. Really, really enjoyed getting to watch that. Got we got to go hang out with some friends of ours. You said you also yeah, kind of yep. yeah. So it's a uh, it's I, I've heard that like the four biggest like hangout slash party nights uh in America one of them is the Super Bowl and I think the other one's New Year's St. Patrick's Day and Halloween uh or the, or the four Patrick's, Patrick's Day, Day. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. not so right. much in the south I would think but obviously like up up north yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that one yeah those uh, are the four biggest so last wow. night was one so yeah. you know if you own a, a pizza shop you probably did well very happy for you <laughs> Dang, uh, but no that. and then uh you know it was a great night and it was a good game and I really enjoyed it so do you think it was a penalty so no. here's the deal. <laughs> well, I like that, Matt. No. Yes. Yes. That's no. But but it was a very I, I wouldn't have made that call if I was the ref. They hadn't called it all evening right. and then it altered the course yeah, of the game. Literally like changed it was the not the whole game. So now the no. guy that held him and said, Yeah, I did hold him, yeah. but you know, I, I wouldn't have called that. I wouldn't personally. have made that. So um <laughs> You know we've got to dissect this game for a little while. Absolutely. So we haven't had a college football game in a while to yes. dissect. We need so our fix. Dissect the Super Bowl. <laughs> so I think what's getting overlooked in, in the bad call, was it a bad call, was it a good call, was actually like the decision that was made. So let's go back because okay. I distinctly remember <laughs> it was third and eight with a minute 43 uh-huh. to go in the game, and Philly's got one timeout left. So I pause the game and say to my boys, what are you supposed to do here? Because this is what we do when we watch football. Oh, yeah. And so they run through the scenario, and they're like, you have to run the ball. Right. Because they understand that if you run the ball, even if you don't get the first down, Philadelphia has to use their last timeout. Right. That's the strategy. And I right. said, absolutely. For all of coaching history, that's the strategy. Like, yeah. you run the ball, you force the team to use their last timeout. So Sam and Jacob go, Dad, you got to run the ball here to force the team to use their last timeout. And I said, you're right. 
unless your quarterback's name is Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. That's right. <laughs> I said, so let's see. Yeah. Because in a situation like this, that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Let's see if the coaches do that or if they say, I got Patrick Mahomes. Right. So the fact that they called a passing play when that's not what you're supposed to do, that's what wins the game. You forced the ref into a situation where he has to make a decision. Right. He made a decision that was in your favor. You win the game. I hope every coach for the next 50 years <laughs> watches that as yeah. an example on how to coach. Yeah. Because there's nothing better as a <clears throat> former athlete, which no one doubts that when they run into me, <laughs> when you have a coach that lets you decide the game. Right. Yeah. Like if you're playing in a game, like don't overcoach it. Let us on the field figure out how to win this game. And sure. so many coaches overcoach, they don't trust their players. They don't trust yeah. their athletes. They don't trust their team. And there's Andy Reid going, I don't care what it's we're supposed to do. Right. I trust yeah. my guy. Yeah. And so he trusts him. He calls a pass by. And lo and behold, they get a they get a mm-hmm. penalty. Game over. Yeah. yeah. So I love that. And I really love, love it when coaches allow their players. I mean, these guys put in so much effort, right. time, energy. It's like, yeah, I know that's what we're quote unquote supposed to do, but I'm going to let you see if you can do something here to win this game. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that now here's here's the thing. The rest of the NFL, and you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> as long as those two keep doing it together, right? I, I mean, hey, yeah. how yeah. many rings may he end up with, right? Yeah. Oh, so, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. So I just thought it was a great example of coaches trusting their players. I do think it was a bad call, but he put them in a position where something like that could happen. That's right. Yeah. And it did happen. Yeah. But um, I love what Jalen Hurts. I love Jalen Hurts. Yeah. After the game, he talked about like. You know, everybody gets to decide what they do with losses. I know what I'll do. Yeah. So he's yeah. just, I mean, you talk yeah. about the right mentality, the right attitude, the right drive. His you know. future's so bright. And he put up statistically the best game a quarterback's uh-huh. ever had That's in right. the Super Bowl. And yeah. I don't think anybody three rushing at the beginning touchdowns? of the year. Yeah. 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 And um, three rushing touchdowns. Um, Oh, three, no, two and a uh, two point conversion. But then he also yeah. threw yeah, yeah, for two yeah. as yeah. well. Which, by the way, I was listening to the sports talk show on Friday and they were talking about all the prop bets you can make. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I made a lot, but um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I did not gamble anything. Gambling is dumb. Yeah. But one of the prop bets you could make was whether or not a player would score a touchdown and then the very next play score the two point conversion. Which he did. He did. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. a whole bunch of people won money yeah. that made that bet. Now, a whole bunch more people lost wow. money, right. which is why you don't gamble. Yeah. But isn't that. Interesting yeah. that like that was something you could gamble on. Yeah, the prop bet we were wondering if happened was were they going to put so Jason did. Kelsey in at tight end and throw him a pat uh, a touchdown because like you know that prop bet existed somewhere. Oh my gosh! Which wow. Would, yeah, if you yeah. reported eligible, it would have been yeah. anyway. All right, that's so what we were commercials, halftime show. What did we think about that? Is what was favorite commercial? What's our thoughts? The on commercials the halftime I show? thought were yeah, not that right. spectacular this yeah. year, and honestly, the halftime show I didn't really. Think. <laughs> now I told Matt before before we started recording this podcast like. The platforms that they were on. Chad was having an anxiety moment. Like, <laughs> watching them be that high up, like, and then and when they zoomed in, you could see the platforms kind of shaking. I was like, I-, I had to, like, get up and leave the room. Like, I couldn't handle it, man. Yeah, there's there's some big mega church and a creative team this meeting this morning. Right. They're yeah, trying yeah. to figure out, how can our pastor yeah. do that at Easter? Right. Yeah. We'll just lower him down. It'll be awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, I-, I liked Will Ferrell um, acting like Dusty in Stranger Things. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. With the car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like Ben Stiller pouring Pepsi on his head that made me laugh but um other than that yeah it it wasn't wasn't a whole lot i like the indiana jones five trailer that's that's what i was excited about so yeah i mean i really can't i can't believe he's actually doing that he's 80 uh, years old man 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Kinda, Why not? Kind of crazy. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I, I didn't have any problems with the halftime show. Like, I'm, I'm scared of heights. And so, yeah, just yeah, that I, whole I idea. Not, yeah. I couldn't yeah. do that. But I thought it was refreshing to see somebody perform and not take off clothes. Yeah, So that was, that was nice. And yeah. um, she was pregnant. Yeah. yeah. So congratulations. Yeah. Um, I read somewhere that was because uh, no one knew that ahead of no time. No one knew it. Yeah. And the tweet that I saw was this was the world's most expensive pregnancy <laughs> announcement. So I thought that was pretty good. But, you know. Yeah. Again, and she sang. I mean, she was on. Yeah, I think. Yeah, she, sound, she, and she, she actually sang. It was not lip sync, which songs, was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was. I didn't really know most of the songs, but you know, that's that's me being I culturally knew, illiterate. I knew, like, so Matt, much. yeah, Matt knew all of it. Shine bright like I a was, diamond. I, I didn't know that. Okay. I knew that one in the umbrella <laughs> song. Umbrellas. Yeah, I knew umbrella. <laughs> he was umbrellas. Yeah, that, that was about it. So those those were the two that I Chat got. Was singing out yeah. on all of them. She'll always be the voice of the little girl in the movie Home to me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a fun movie. With yeah, with Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Yeah, he's the the little alien guy, right? Kyle, my, Kyle. Yeah, my kids love that show, man. Or love that movie. And me. Yeah, I like, I like it too. I, I'm with you on that. No, I, just a, the person I felt kind of the worst for the whole night, though, was uh, Jarek McKinnon running back for the Chiefs, who doesn't have a touchdown in the Super Bowl. He's running in, and the Eagles are going to let him score because they want the ball back, and he has to down it on yeah. the one yard line. Brilliant. So, smart. Yeah, yeah, smart he, football players. I, I told Matt, I said he, he lost the battle, but he won the war. So yeah. that was, uh, yeah. that was a good play. Smart football players. So anyway, but no, it's just always interesting to me. We have these kind of you know mass cultural experiences together. And Super Bowl is definitely one of those things. So yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. It was a it was an enjoyable game. I, now I liked we enter it. into the dark ages yeah. where we have to wait six more months. For Did football. you see all those commercials from the uh, what was it the some the some football league they're saying starts in April or something like they're like don't worry football is about to oh. come back and I'm like well y'all please be quiet. Well you know the best team in that league is in Birmingham. Uh, the Stallions. Yeah the Birmingham. Yep. So yep. Uh, maybe we go USFL. Out and a game. That's yeah what it is. yeah we'll go yeah. to a game this yeah. year. We fun Matthew. What are they? What are what, what? It's it's football in the spring. Uh, yeah okay right. <laughs> I, I, that's called soccer to me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, what well, a good real deal. That's right. Football. Well, no, but it was a good weekend, and we had a great weekend here at Vaughn Forest. And we continued our message series, uh, Weathering Life Storms, and uh, very appropriate before Valentine's Day, which honestly is probably when most folks are listening uh, to this podcast because it kind of yeah. goes out on Tuesday. So happy Valentine's Day from the other six podcasts. Uh, <laughs> very appropriate to Valentine's Day. Uh, okay. We talked about marriage this past week, and we talked about kind of weathering life storms when, when it yeah. comes to marriage, and uh, really, really enjoyed this message. And, and I loved how you started off and you kind of continued the uh, the illustration from the previous week. You know, we were talking about, uh, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, the wise man builds his house on the rock, you know, the foolish man house uh, mm-hmm. on the sand. Uh, we talked about the illustration with the trees in your yard, the one fell over, how you know, that reveals what's underneath. And so I guess, you know, to kick off our conversation here, you were talking about how a lot of folks, unfortunately, build their marriages on the sand and not the rock. And my question for you is, why do you think that is? Why is that so easy to do? And what does that look like practically to have our marriages you know, built on the sand versus built on the rock? So I think it's easy to build your marriage on sand and not even realize you've done it. Yeah. Um, I made a comment in one of the messages yesterday about how couples put so much time, effort, energy, money into a wedding day. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> they don't yeah, put time, yeah. effort, energy, and money to the marriage that will follow the wedding day right. that's supposed to be till death do us part. Right. People think that because they're in love, they know how to be married. Hmm. Those are two different things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Falling in love with a person and being married to that person, different skills. Right. Yeah. <laughs> different skills. So when you get married, every new season of life requires a new set of skills. If you don't learn the skills on how to be married, you're building your marriage on the sand. And we all carry with us just this notion that, well, of course I know how to be married. Right. I'm in love with this person. Um, and, and it's really 
arrogant. Uh, and I certainly did it. I mean, when yeah. I came into my marriage, I thought I knew how to be married. My parents have been married. Morgan's parents have been married. We're going to get married. How hard can it be? We're in right, love right, with right, each right. other. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that easy. type of thinking is actually what builds your marriage on the sand. Mm. And what I just described is how everybody enters marriage. Yeah. So right. what I'm trying to say <laughs> is everybody builds their marriage yeah. on the sand. Yeah. What's that song? Living on love. So <laughs> Good some <luck>. couples <laughs> recognize at some point in the marriage, wait a second. Yeah. This ain't all it's cracked up to be. What are we supposed to do? Well, most couples statistically then end the marriage. Mm. Some couples then say, all right, we do love each other. This isn't going well. What are some things we could do? Are there some choices we could make? Can we, you know, they may not use the language. Can we now build our marriage on the rock? As I mean, you know, they right. may not articulate it that way, but are there some things we can do to change this up? We, we, we can't keep going like this. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. Right. But, oh yeah, I would make the contention that everybody builds their marriage on the sand based on the way marriage is presented in our culture and our society. And the fact that we think because we're in love with this person, we'll actually know how to be in a marriage with that person. Right. That type of thinking is eventually going to get you in trouble. And what will show you that trouble? A storm. Yeah. Which is yeah. why we're talking about it in the series. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of storms, you said that, and I thought that was just pretty interesting too. You said that storms will either make marriages strong or weaker or stronger. So, um, how do storms make a marriage stronger? Well, if the foundation's right, it'll make it stronger. Yeah, okay. Um, if it's not right, it 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 may do a lot worse than just weaken it. It might it might destroy it. So, you know, we could maybe talk about our own lives for a second. Sure. You know, we talk about some things we've been through and, and talk about, you know, what 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 did we learn from those things? And so I mentioned in our you know, in the message, first three years, difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but on some level, we understood we had made this commitment before God. We understood that God's the one who came up with marriage. We understood right. it was his idea. We, we understood that um, when we said till death do us part, like that actually matters, you right. know? Yeah. So that that's part of a little bit of a foundation that was still there, even mm-hmm. though we were going through that storm, there was at least a commitment there to just say, we're not going to throw in the towel at the first sign of right. a problem. When I talk with married couples that are going through a difficult problem, if both of them are willing to just not quit, mm-hmm. then there's probably a chance this yeah. thing can yeah. make it. Yeah. But it takes both people saying, like, right. I'm not going to quit. So we we were at least willing to say, we're not going to quit. Right. I mean, right. if that's yeah. about as yeah. low a yeah. bar yeah. as you can set. Okay? <laughs> we got it. <laughs> But that, that probably matters. Um, we went through a storm of uh, five, six years ago, uh, professionally, where you know things didn't work out for us the way we had hoped they would. Yeah. You know, out in Colorado, and um, you know, a lot of people go through storms in their professional life. A lot of people yeah. move somewhere and it doesn't work out. A lot right. of people build a house that they're going to call their forever home and then have to move out of it. So, <laughs> right. you know, this is nothing right. new. This yeah. happens. But what got revealed in that season was what was at the foundation of our marriage. Yeah. Right. And for us, fortunately, at the foundation of our marriage was not ministry. Right. Yeah. That's what God's called me to do. God's called me to be a pastor, and I love being a pastor, but we never built our marriage on the foundation of ministry. Right. Right. In fact, I was having uh, – I can't believe I could say this. I was having lunch with somebody out there after you know this had kind of gone down, and He's also in ministry and a really good dude, and he was encouraging me. But one of the things he said was, you know, well, just be mindful, you know, of your wife in this season because I'm sure it's going to be really difficult for her to no longer be a pastor's wife. And wow. I just kind of sat there and thought for a second, and I wanted to be like, well, we haven't discussed that once. <laughs> right? She's probably relieved. Right. <laughs> but, but, but like, 
I think what he was saying is a lot of people tie their identity to that role. And now that she no longer has that role, this is probably going to be difficult. Right. Well, you know, Morgan's not perfect, but I can tell you she's never tied her identity yeah. to being a right. pastor's wife. You right, see what right. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. She's never tied her identity to being my wife. Right. You know, <laughs> her identity is tied yeah. to who she is in Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So at the foundation of our marriage was not the the career that you know, you're listening out here, you're not in ministry, you're not a pastor, but you have a career. Right. Yeah. That wasn't in the foundation of our marriage. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we went through that storm and I just remember thinking like, okay, well, we still love each other. Like we still love our kids. Our kids still love us. Yeah. Um, We haven't done anything dumb. Like we haven't disqualified ourselves. Right, right, right. um, God still hasn't removed any of the gifts and, you know, we still have all of the relationships intact. Like just, this just didn't work out the way we thought it would. Yeah. Right. Okay. A little bit of a storm, not much fun. Not what we had intended, but but it didn't knock it didn't knock the tree over. It <laughs> right, didn't yeah, destroy. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So when you go through a storm, it's not fun. You don't choose it. You don't like it. But it'll show you kind of what you've built your marriage on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. You know, you talk there about you know like the storm. Like we face storms together in our marriages. Like there's storms that come to our marriages, but then there are storms that affect us. You know, you said professionally, so that affects both. So I'll give you an example. I remember back during the the COVID lockdown, if I can use the c word again, no, uh, you how you know it. <laughs> was it was a very tough time you know especially being in charge of technology you know getting services out there and all that kind of stuff and i remember literally christy you know we would there was a high level of anxiety in me at the time and literally mm-hmm. her we would go sit on our in our backyard on a swing and she would pray for me you know just like in and, and that even in that storm though it wasn't necessarily her storm because it was my storm it was our storm and that brought us closer together you got to learn how to hold everything in your life with open hands right yeah i can remember being a kid and my parents making this comment one time like, well, if we lost all of this tomorrow, none of that would matter. Hmm. And they were talking about our house and yeah. talking about cars and talking about, and I'm thinking, You're oh, like, that would what? matter. <laughs> right. and, and they were like, Wait no, none of that would matter. Like, we'd be fine. Right. And I remember thinking we would, and they kind of like talked me through it. And I was like, okay, well, that built an immense amount of confidence That's in right, me yeah. as a child. Yeah. Like, And so, you know, listen, like, you know, it's a couple that has to file bankruptcy. You file bankruptcy, so it's a financial storm. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do? Well, you're probably moving into a tiny little apartment. You're probably having to start over again in your financial life. But that doesn't mean that your your entire life is on um, sand. Right. That areas of your life is on sand. Sure. But your marriage can actually still be fine. You yeah. see what I'm saying? So it's like everything in my life is is with an open hand. Like if if the circumstances or a storm or anything comes and takes that away. Like, we're going to still be okay. Yeah, that's right. And so many times we've attached that we're going to be okay thing to a lot of other things. Right. And that's all I'm trying to say is like storms will show you whether or not you've done that. Yeah, that's really good. So one of the things you said, you said that storms are not permanent in our marriages, but and they'll eventually pass. Um, But when I look around at some of the storms that, that folks face, it seems to me like some storms seem like they're permanent. Maybe it's losing a spouse. Maybe it's infidelity, unfaithfulness in a marriage. So what would you say to someone who feels like they're in a storm that won't pass? And are there those storms that won't pass? So let's talk about storms that knock down trees for a second, because I think maybe we can draw some correlations. And so um, we all, you know, the tree that fell down in my neighbor's yard or whatever. So um, let's kind of take it up a notch. So we had some teams here go out I think they were over in Selma a yeah. few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And some houses got destroyed, mm-hmm. you know, through tornadoes. So you got trees knocking down houses and the houses are destroyed. So um, it's actually a sunny day today. Isn't that remarkable? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's beautiful nice weather today. Yeah. So <laughs> we I, got through Saturday. I walked out that, this morning and I was like, what is that big thing in the sky? <laughs> it's never glowing. seen it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a um, diamond. 
if we were to stop this podcast right now and drive over to Selma, there is not a storm. There's no storm. The sun is yeah. out, but there's still a whole lot of remnants of that storm, mm, I guarantee yeah. you. Okay. All right? right. So um, somebody's got to rebuild that house. Now, our team went over there and cut up the trees and got the trees off the house, but mm-hmm. now somebody's going to have to... I mean, clean out, you know, right. just clean it all out, rebuild it. So there's going to be a point in the future where you'll be able to go over there and you will never have known that the storm was there. Hmm. But between now and then, there's a whole lot of work that needs to be done. Yeah. Now, what if somebody went over to Selma today and walked out there and looked at that house and they said, time heals it all. Time just heals all wounds. And in time, time will heal this house. Right. No, time ain't going to heal that house. Come and help. Yeah, time is just time. There's going to be a lot of work that has to go into rebuilding that house. So now let's go back to your question. Somebody goes through a storm in their marriage. You named off a number of different scenarios. It's going to leave utter destruction in your life. It's like a house getting hit by the storm. It's like trees and debris everywhere. So how insensitive for somebody to walk up and go, time heals all wounds. Mm. Now there's a whole lot of work that Mm -hmm. needs to be done. Right. Soul work at a soul level. Um, and Jesus is ultimately the one who heals wounds, not time. Time is time is time. What we do with time is what matters. Hmm. Jesus can heal wounds, and Jesus will use a number of ways to heal those wounds, and he'll use his people, and he'll use professionals, and he'll use life groups, and he'll use your quiet time. And in time, through that storm, your life can be rebuilt in a way where maybe somebody ever doesn't even know you ever went through the storm. Mm. So what happens so many times is that we allow a storm to stay emotionally. Mm. Yeah. The storm's already passed, but but we're still in that place and we don't know what to do to rebuild our lives. So your question in many ways is kind of um, a really bad way of thinking mm. because what it insinuates is that a circumstance ultimately determines what's going on inside my life right. at a heart level. Right. And what I'm simply trying to say is that a circumstance or a storm can destroy you. Mm-hmm. It can I mean, it can wreck your entire life. But there can be a season where that's rebuilt in a way where you come out of this with a greater level of joy, a greater depth of relationship, and a greater understanding of who God is and who God's people are. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah and so sense. ultimately, it kind of takes us back to the series we did in September you know, I think we called it from stress to rest. So, stress to uh, blessed. Stress stress blessed. blessed. Yeah. yeah, not yeah. from stress to stressed or whatever. Stress so I don't ever remember the name of the series <laughs> titles. I remember the big idea of the series, yeah. Yeah, the preacher in me. So the big idea of that series was our level of joy is determined more by the changes happen inside us and the external circumstances right. Right. going on around us. Right. So that's what I'm talking about when you go through storms in your marriage. Some rebuilding, some soul work, some soul care, some things are going to have to happen. But in time, you can – now, a lot of people never do. Mm-hmm. And the people who don't are the people whose storms became their new reality. Mm-hmm. But that storm may have occurred years ago. Yeah. Right. You right, see right, what I'm right, saying? Right. And it was the person who looked at the house, you know, destroyed in Selma. And went, I guess it will just rebuild itself at some point. No, mm-hmm. you, they, yeah. they never actively participated. Yeah. And there's actually a verse that that is, is pretty remarkable in 2 Corinthians that talks about participating – and the sufferings of Jesus. And um, we don't talk about that a lot. Right. You know, um, in fact, I believe the way to read that passage is until you participate in his sufferings, you'll never recognize his power. Oh, wow. There's something that happens at a supernatural level when we have to suffer 
and lean into the power that's provided in that suffering through Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, storms can do a lot of things to strengthen your walk with the Lord, but but it takes effort and intentionality. Hmm. You got to do some work. That's right. Um, So I thought it was really interesting uh, when you were talking about unspoken rules and unconscious roles. So let's talk a little bit about how important communication is in marriage and what we can do uh, to communicate better in our marriages. So we really need Morgan here about right now. <laughs> <laughs> she would love this part um, yeah, yeah. of us talking about unspoken rules and unconscious yeah. roles. <laughs> it's been really fun for us to discover that <laughs> in 20 years of marriage. So I'll tell I a, like co- that discovery. A, a couple of funny stories. So I want to say it was our first year being married. It, it had to have been our first year being married. Um, that there was a big family Christmas party and her extended family. And so like everybody mm-hmm. always brought a gift. Okay. And so the men all brought a gift and the men did a gift exchange and the women all brought a gift and the women did a gift exchange. Now we, we don't do this anymore, but for the first five or six years of our marriage, I remember doing this. Yeah. So this was the first year yeah. and I just knew I was supposed to bring a gift. Yeah. So I bought a book. So I brought a book and I brought a book like to this, yeah. I had wrapped it or whatever. And, um, and I told Morgan, I was like, no, I didn't wrap it. I didn't wrap it. I go, yeah. cause I, cause she didn't let me. I said, I got a book. She goes, Adam, <laughs> it's not that kind of, you know, the, all the men, like they, they don't buy books. They buy like tools. And like in this season <laughs> this of my is life, a tool. like it's, I, a book. it's a tool. Thank you, Matthew. Like I'm like, like a hammer. Like if they all buy tools, they already have hammers. Right, right, right. That's How many about, tools do they need? That's the extent of my knowledge of tools. Right? I'm yeah. like, what, what are we doing? And so I'm like, oh man, like I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble. <laughs> right. We get to the party was at Morgan's parents' house. My father-in-law's name's Terry. So we get to the house and Terry First year of marriage now. Think of how awesome this is. One day when your daughters marry guys, Chad, be this kind of father-in-law. He comes up to me and goes, hey, dude, I got you covered. I went ahead and bought your tool for you. And he got my gift to bring because yeah. he knew he ain't going to bring a tool. Right, right, so, right, right. He is a tool. So like, oh, so he, 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 no, he was looking out for me. Yeah, yeah. So he good got, man. He, yeah. Good yeah, man, yeah, yeah. right? So he got me a gift. So like, again, I, I didn't realize, you know, that it's kind of like a – an expectation that you be handy and know how to fix things and all this kind of stuff. And I really, for a long time, never wanted to like embrace that side of anything because it's just not. I'm not. I'm not good at it. It's yeah. not a skill set of mine. It's not something I'm. And then I read in a book one time that one of the worst things you can do is stand on a ladder, because like if you stand on a ladder, there's always a chance you could fall off the top of the ladder. Okay. And if you fall off the top of the ladder, um, you know, there's one of two things that usually happen. Like one, you die. Or two, you get disabled really badly. Okay. And um, so don't fall, Chad. Yeah. Well, and I'm too much of a pragmatist because I realized if I fall off a ladder, it's much better for me to die because the life insurance policy <laughs> is much better than the disability policy. So I told Morgan, like, if I ever fall off a ladder and I don't just, die, just finish me off. Finish me off. <laughs> They'll be like, I didn't see him there. We understand how he broke his leg, but why are there tire marks across yeah, his yeah. chest, I man? Didn't see him. I was back <laughs> So it's like, so for years I wouldn't get on a ladder because I read this in a book. She was afraid, so he was afraid Morgan we, was going to run him over. We had this guy from our church come over one time to help me with a project, and he was trying to get me to get on a ladder. I was like, I won't do it. I'm not going to get on the ladder. And we got this big argument, and he's just making fun of me. So like, Morgan walks out on the front porch, and he looks at her. He goes, I don't know how you put up with him all the time. <laughs> and she goes, I bet he told you he won't get on a ladder. And he goes, That's exactly what he told me. So, like, for years, like, this was just a big thing. Like, I wouldn't get on ladders, okay? So, um, 
I was up here on Friday on a really mm. tall ladder at the church changing out light bulbs in the kids' ministry room for Morgan. Oh. Like, th- I'm, th- that's long since passed. <laughs> right. I'm on ladders all the time now. <laughs> right, right, I'm right. climbing on top of stuff. I got <laughs> yeah. drills and chainsaws and everything else. So, like, now I- I'm actually, I'm not to brag, I'm, I'm kind of handy. Like, <laughs> yeah. living on six yeah. acres of land, you, yeah, I've learned how to do a few things. Okay. So, like, you can grow into different roles, but the, the point of the question was, like, did y'all talk about it? Oh, yeah. Most of the time, it led to arguing. Right. <laughs> because I was I'm not so getting stubborn. On the ladder. I'm not getting on the ladder. I won't do it. End of discussion. I refuse to get on the ladder. Anytime they argue, Morgan's like, Adam, get up the ladder. Get on the ladder now. <laughs> so, you know, um, but, but think about just stuff that needs to get done around the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've always taken the approach. Um, we haven't always. One of the things we learned from marriage counseling (laughs) is don't ever lock yourself into these things. They can change in different seasons of life. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, certain seasons of life. So, you know, one of y'all made to do all the laundry, certain seasons, we split it up. Mm -hmm. Like, so some, we kind of, we we don't get set in our ways. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because life changes and at least in our life, right mm-hmm. about the time we usually get into some kind of rhythm, a new ball season starts or yeah. there's something else yeah. that throws that rhythm off or we go through a yeah. global pandemic. And so, you know, if you're not flexible <laughs> yeah. and you can't pivot and you can't adjust and you can't say, you know, all right, I'll do that and you do this, then you're really going to constantly be at odds with one another. And ultimately, the the, the, the big desire there is, is how can we help one another? Mm-hmm. That's how right. can we serve one another? Right. There's some things that I actually volunteered to do that Morgan's like, no. <laughs> it would actually be less helpful yeah. for you to help with that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah like, is your heart in the right place? Right. And so if the two right. of you, if your heart's in the right place, you can usually talk it out. Yeah. And start to, yeah. But listen, there might be a few quirks along the way. Like, yeah. I mean, that Morgan's had to put up with me over the years with yeah. different quirks. Yeah. You got to play to your strings. Like for me, I, I can do the laundry. I can't fold the laundry. Oh, like literally, okay. if I try to fold laundry, it will be the most wrinkled. Like it, it just doesn't work. <laughs> I've, been, I've, I've been told tried. I fold laundry the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have tried for years to learn how to fold laundry, and I, I just can't do it. I, I don't know what it is. I, I would not mind doing That's it. That's actually I a just, pro tip. Yeah. Listen, if you're out there and you just got married, <laughs> don't fold it well for the That's first right. year, and you That's may right. never have to do it. Right. Well done, Chad. Well go. done. Chad, any more tips? Yeah, yeah. Follow me for more tips on marriage. Like, subscribe. Yeah, no, it is interesting. Though. So I, I'll, I'll throw this out there. So what, what is the division of, of labor of chores in some of the different mm-hmm. houses? So like both Christy and I do about an equal amount of cooking. He just said uh, it's, it goes back no, and forth. No, some fun talking <laughs> but, about yeah, But, I, but yeah. I, I do probably the majority of the dishes, which just means I rinse them off and put them in the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Uh, you okay. know, most of the most of the maintenance outside work, I'd say that I do. Most of the, the laundry type stuff she does. So like what what is it with you guys? Yeah, I'm just curious. No, we're going to let Matt go first. <laughs> Matt, you yeah. need to go next. Uh, we just kind of take whatever approach, like there's dishes, I do the dishes, and then okay. she does the laundry. Or I see laundry, I do it, and okay. then she does the dishes. Are you good at folding? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. I don't wrinkle stuff. I can hang things, I can't fold them. But, I, yeah. yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, we have two... Uh, values that you know when you have children and you're trying to instill values in them, it sure does make you accountable. Right. To also, display <laughs> those values. Yeah. See, I don't have kids, so yeah. I have to worry You'll about learn. that. You'll learn. <laughs> so, you know, attitude and effort are really big for us. Yeah. Um, you know, you can always choose your attitude. And you can always give effort, and so. Yeah, I mean, over the years, like Morgan is certainly a better cook than me. I mean, mm. she, so typically she cooks and I clean up. Like I do yeah. all the day. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I'm not willing to put forth an effort. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. like a couple of weeks ago, she was like, I will put out the recipe and the steps and the ingredients <laughs> and the crock pot. And I'm like, I think I can do yeah, it. And I got I, it. And I, so it wasn't like I was going to go, no, you know, right. so I'll put forth yeah. the effort, you know. So, and she's the same way. You know, I, I take care of most of the work outside, but that doesn't mean she won't 
that's get exactly out there and do right. it. Yeah, you that's know? right. Mm-hmm. So you know, I do I do all of my laundry, and she does hers, and and we kind of split who can do the boys. Okay. So yeah. you know, typically because we work on weekends, and so it, it's just yeah, hard right. to figure all that out. Right. So um, we just kind of and we've taught the boys how to participate in that yeah. as they've gotten older yeah. it's been helpful but yeah i mean the big thing we're trying to the, the big value in our home right now let's kind of yeah pull back <laughs> the curtain a little bit so if you have daughters i want you to know there are, there are dads of boys out there we're trying <laughs> we're trying the best we can we're trying to raise so chad he's trying yeah godly men yeah so that the key to raising boys is having the faith to see them as men and we're doing the best we can and i'll tell you what it feels like two steps forward and one step back mm. so here's the, here's the main goal in our house these days i do not want my boys to think that their mom's job is to clean up after them right mm-hmm. she is not the number one phrase in our home these days she is not your maid mm. she is not your maid now morgan is pretty selfless and and she's a mom, so like it's nothing for yeah. her just to come behind sure. everybody. Yeah. But I'm trying to just stop that <laughs> yeah. and just be like, if you can't learn right now, that that's not that's not who women will be in your right. life. <laughs> right. Okay? So let's get that one established now. Like right. you, yeah. you you clean up after yourself. Like you take care of this. You and so that's the big thing right now is trying to again different seasons when they're little this is what yeah. you have to do and so morgan and i are talking a lot about this now our parenting has to to shift now to where we're not as quick to to do that as much mm. as we're trying to equip okay. them right. to do that right and then be willing to realize the dishwasher was loaded the wrong way they didn't yeah. put stuff where it's supposed <laughs> to go but but they're learning do you see what i'm saying yeah, yeah. absolutely so that's what we're trying to do right now i don't want boys who think that a woman is supposed to clean up after them that, no, i mean that just i can't yeah. you know right. what i'm saying that's, no, that's not absolutely something right. i want and, them thinking and and to flip the script a little bit because you know, this does relate to marriage you know the dad of daughters i'm trying to ex- exhibit for them what to expect you know out of a husband so like it's important for me to do the chores it's important for me when christy and i do have arguments fights whatever you want to call it like here's how you should do this and right. so that's the thing i've got in the back of my mind so on behalf of all the dads with daughters we appreciate that <laughs> and uh and we're you know we're trying to do our part as well well if you came and watched you may not appreciate it. Like, you're not doing that well <laughs> what, what? No. we got a long ways to go yeah. guys yeah, anyway. what's the goal of this yeah thing? no but but anyway well all right so bringing it back to uh Back to the sermon about? on Sunday. Yeah, I so I really liked what you said. Uh, there's this myth that's very prevalent about that uh, our spouse is supposed to complete us. I mean, you even you even quoted some of the Jerry movies. You, know, you complete yeah. me, yeah. You yeah. had me at Jerry hello, McGuire. you know all that stuff. You had me at uh, hello. So I want to talk a little it's bit not about. What I remember from that movie. I want to talk a little. Show, well, me, the show me the money. Well, yeah, there was that. He won the Academy Award for that, didn't he? Did yeah. he? Really? Yeah. Junior. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. He was great in that movie. He was awesome. Fantastic. Show me the money. That's exactly like when you said that's what I, I did not. So great. You had me Which is why, all right, you can't get frustrated with these athletes when, you know, they won't play oh, with yeah. an injury. Because, yeah. like, they all watched yeah. Jerry McGuire. Jerry McGuire. Like, what they happened. Yeah, show me the money. Rod, what was his last name in the movie? Oh, dude. Uh, his first why? name was Rod. All right, yeah, so Rod. Anyway. I, Rod. Sorry. Yeah. Well, well, back to the marriage okay. part of it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry, so, guys. So there's this myth that our spouse is supposed to complete us. And I think so many of us, you know, whether consciously or subconsciously or unconsciously, I don't know what the correct verbiage is there, we buy into this myth that our spouse is supposed to complete us. So what can we do to, to not buy into that? <clears throat> Didn't we do a message last year where we talked about the difference between eisegesis and exegesis? Yes, yes we, did. we did. We did. Yeah. All right. So a little quiz here. Do y'all remember the difference? I'm putting you on the spot. Which one's good and which one's bad? I'll let you go first. One of them's good and one of them's bad. Wait, what were they again? Exegesis (laughs) and eisegesis. 
If you don't know, just say Exegesis is good. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Exegesis is good. I say Jesus is bad. So I if you missed no. that message or podcast, Exegesis is where you exegete a passage of Scripture correctly. Right. In other words, the interpretation is correct. Okay. Eisegesis is when you, you interpret it out of context and you try to make it say right. what you want to say. Right. Sometimes eisegesis is done intentionally. Sometimes it's done unintentionally. Both have bad consequences. Yeah. Right. So let's go to the New Testament. The New Testament. Let's go to the book of Genesis, the exact opposite of the New Testament. <laughs> the Old Testament. A little slip there. Where um, the Bible says... That God said it is not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of Christians think marriage completes us because of a poor reading of that passage. Okay. I see Jesus. So when God is saying it's not man for it's not good for man to be alone, He's not saying Adam is incomplete. He's saying it's not good for man to be alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> that we're actually created for community. Yeah. Right. We're created in God's image. God exists mm-hmm. in perfect community. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Most people think that God made that statement after sin entered the world. So once sin entered the world, God looked at Adam and said, it's not good for man to be alone. That that's actually one of the consequences of sin, but it's not. Mm-hmm. God's making that statement before sin. So Adam, in his perfect state still is in need of companionship with someone else. And so God creates Eve, and now two become one. So it carries with it kind of a connotation of completion, like two become one. But that is an improper reading of that, okay? Okay. So needing companionship and two becoming one in the spiritual sense is not the same as the way our society and culture presents marriage as completing someone. Okay. Okay. Um, that's actually an unhealthy codependency. Right. Which is what <laughs> ends up happening in a lot of marriages. And so the the great principle there is you are whole because God created you in his image. Mm-hmm. And your identity should be first and foremost tied to Jesus Christ and to being a child of God right. in and through Jesus Christ. But statistically <clears throat> speaking, you're probably going to end up married at some point in your life. Um, so if that's going to happen, you need to approach that the right way. Right. You know, two becoming one, being led in the spiritual sense, not being unequally yoked with someone who is not a believer. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of good things that we have to give guidance towards so that when two become one, they're entering into the marriage with the right mindset, not for a completion, but as I said in the message, but to complement one okay. another. Gotcha. And so I, I think it's a little bit of a misunderstanding <clears throat> of that passage that gotcha. leads a lot of Christians to think, and it sounds really romantic. Right. And, you yeah. know, so it just sounds so romantic. And here's the other thing that sounds so romantic, that God has one person out there for you. That when God designed that person, he designed that person just for you. Wait, Uh, what? And that is a lie. (laughs) That's such a lie. There's no biblical basis for that at all. Like, Mm. God did not create one person for you. Do you know how self-absorbed that is? (laughs) Like, God did not run their creation through. He didn't, like, look at your name and go, you know, how could I design someone to be a perfect fit for them? What garbage. So, like, that's just not the case, okay? So, if only one person existed out there for you, what if one person marries the wrong person? They throw it off for everybody, (laughs) okay? Statistically, we're you all in big trouble. <laughs> so let's right size that for a little right. while, okay? Before Morgan was my wife, she was my sister in Christ. And one day for all eternity in heaven, she will be my sister in Christ again. We're actually brothers and sisters in Christ before we're husband and wife. So the foundation for a godly spouse is a brother or sister in Christ. And there are many sisters in Christ that I could have married. 
and 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 been perfectly in God's will. Right. Okay. So I actually think it's more romantic and more loving to state that and then say, but I chose you because mm-hmm. you're the one that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. Um, I actually think that's a greater indication of love right. to say, oh, yeah, there's plenty of people out there that I could have spent the rest of my life with, yeah. but none of them I, – I, I didn't want to spend the rest of my life. Right. I wanted yeah. to spend the rest of my life yeah. with you, right. you know, because of what I saw in you, and, and I'm grateful that, that she agreed um, to that proposal. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean the idea that like th- – that, that this just and now I do think it's fair to say what a blessing that God brought Morgan into my life. Right. But God didn't design Morgan for me. Right. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's right. just exactly. not yeah. a that, that's a very self absorbed way of approaching. Yeah. It's like the person who says, "Here we go. I'm really I'm just on a roll today. <laughs> didn't sleep a lot last night. I ate too much food at the Super Bowl party. Chad <laughs> kept me up. All right. Um. Oh, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. It's the person uh, you know who says. I, I remember years ago. This guy had three daughters. It was not a student pastor. We didn't have kids at the time. And I said, so what it's like, what's it like having three daughters? You know, he goes, well, you know, God knew exactly what I needed. It's been so great in my life. He showed me so many things and, and his heart was in the right place. Sure. But I wanted to call a timeout <laughs> and say, God didn't create those three daughters for you. That's right. You know, it's not like he went, what does he need in his life? Right. I know. He entrusted you with three right. of his children. Isn't yeah. that awesome? Yeah. So if you're a parent, yes, I mean, we see the things revealed to us that we needed to know about us yeah. through our children. Right. But God didn't create those children with you in mind. Right. He created them with them in mind. Right. And he entrusted them to you. You and it's a stewardship. Does yeah. that make sense? No, yeah. it does. And as yeah. a side note, I think that that illustrates again the point of why it's so important to invest in your marriage. Chris and I were having this conversation the other day. I said, "Hey, just so you know, the girls are going to leave us one day. Like they're they're going to go. I mean, they better. I mean, you yeah. Know, yeah. and I'm like, they're going to leave us. And so that's why it's important for you know my my wife to be my best friend and, and for us to invest in our marriage. So anyway, Jenny Allen posted something on Instagram last week, um, and it was so great. So if you don't follow her on Instagram, go for, or any of her social media, and it was talking about you know she and Zach. We've talked about before. I went to college yeah. with she yeah, and Zach, yeah. and so um, they're not like friends, but I would call them acquaintances. Yeah, I, they, we I know them, and they know me, so we we kind of keep up what's going on in their life. And um, she posted something about their oldest getting married and how life gets really fun when your kids start leaving, and it's just the two of you again. Yeah. And Morgan, and I talked about that all night. Yeah, because <laughs> she had seen it, and right. I had seen it, and we were both got yeah. super excited about thinking about that next season of our life. Yeah. And yeah, we're going to miss our boys. There's no doubt about that. But there's also like some anticipation of like, won't that be fun? Yeah, right. And so for her to like draw attention to that and uh-huh. celebrate that. And, you know, everybody's always so teary eyed about they're growing up and they're leaving. And she's like, yeah, but there's also such joy that can yeah, come right. in that as well. I really right. appreciate her doing that. I Absolutely. thought it was great. So, you know, kind of switching gears a little bit, we're talking about uh, right choices. So, um, why do you think it's hard to make the right choice before the emotion is there in our marriages? Um, and can you give me some examples of that? Yeah, I mean, because nobody wants to choose to do something they don't feel like doing. Right. You yeah. know, that, that that's not how anybody's wired, yeah. which is... You know, let's just have some fun for a second. You know, <laughs> We've been having a lot of people fun, man. who get up really early and go to the gym in the morning. It's not like they have this extra emotional part of their brain mm-hmm. that you didn't get. Right. You know, it's not like they're skipping out of the house in the morning. Like they're no. just a little more disciplined, right? Yeah. Right. They're making the right choice, even if the emotion isn't there. Yeah. And, um, you know, that that's a really good lesson. So yeah. there's always good choices you can make. Like I'm going to choose not to eat dessert. I really want dessert. I love dessert. <laughs> right. My, everything about me is saying you need that dessert, that, but I'm still going to make the right choice. So like we understand this. Yeah. So try to apply that in your marriage. Okay. Like we've gotten in a fight. 
she's in that room. I'm in this room. We're mad at each other. I have a choice to make. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you the choice I used to make. Okay. He, he so, ate the dessert. Um, no, we're, we're not talking about it. I've changed metaphors. So now like I'm in one room, Morgan's in the other. We got in a fight. This, this, would, this is how this would have looked the first three years of our marriage. I would pray that God would convict her. <laughs> he never answered that prayer. Like I was like, Lord, just show oh her goodness. the error of her ways oh. that she would repent and come in here and you know apologize. And um, God was really good and kind and gracious not to answer that prayer. So yeah. what does God do? No, he shows me yeah. my sin that I got to own and I got to repent from. I got to ask for forgiveness. And so, you know, I try to make it a goal now where... Like, if we get frustrated with each other, we get a little bit of an argument, and, and we kind of like, you know, it, it, we, we maybe go our, you know, go into a different room, or it's just like, like I circle back around pretty quickly now, you yeah. know, and say, hey, look, my bad, you know, let's, I'm sorry, like, yeah. you know, I, and, and one of the things I've had to learn is my intentions are irrelevant. Like, you can't say I didn't right. mean to. Yeah. Right. You can't right. say I didn't, that's not what I meant. Yeah. You know, so you got to own all of it. And I think I've gotten better at that. And Morgan's certainly gotten better at that. But, but, what drives that behavior is me knowing that's the right choice to make. Mm-hmm. Deep down inside, I still want to have this little feeling of validation that I was right and she yeah. was wrong. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She didn't understand me or I can't believe she's acting like this. Like, that's just natural. We all feel yeah. those emotions. <clears throat> but there's got to be a greater principle there mm-hmm. driving your actions and your yeah. behaviors. And for most of us, our actions and behaviors are just a reflection of the emotion we're feeling in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And in that way, we're no different than a two-year-old. <laughs> so part of maturing is that you actually get to a point where your behaviors and your actions and your words and your tone mm-hmm. are not exactly being driven just by the emotion you right. feel in that moment. And um, you've got to just make those choices. And, you know, a, a couple shared with us that uh, years ago. It's like sometimes in your marriage, you know, you, you may not want to really hang out with each other, but just choose to do something where you have to hang out with each other yeah. And, yeah. And, and start talking. You know, so... Mm-hmm. If you wait around until you feel like doing it, you won't. Right. And I just yeah. think that it's important to take the lead in that so that um, it happens. Because, again, unless you're intentional about it, it won't happen. Life's too busy. Right. Mm-hmm. That's Life's right. too busy, you're and right. so that won't happen. So don't don't be, don't be so guided by your emotions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. the best thing to do is just take a nap. Like right. sometimes you're just right. tired. You're just tired. Yeah. You're just tired. It's been a week. Or hungry. Sometimes, yeah. Or Eat hungry. Snickers. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah, like the old dude saying. on the commercial. that's tackling <laughs> right, right, people. Right, it's like, yeah. and it's just take take a break, you know. Yeah, but but yeah. your emotions can be can betray you. Yeah. That's a really difficult thing for us to understand because emotions feel like who we are. Right. Right. But our emotions yeah. can betray us. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's good. All right. I'm I'm gonna change the tone of the conversation a little bit here. I got a hard question for you, and so we've been kind of laughing, having I, a good I time. Thought those are pretty hard. No. Th- th- this this is a serious question. So, okay. one of, one of the things you said was that we need to choose to stay married out of obedience to God, and then you you quoted Jesus from I think it's Matthew 19, where he talks about how Moses, you know, let you be divorced just because your heart was hard, but he basically says like. You stay together except for uh, unfaithfulness. So my question for you is, you know, what is unfaithfulness? Is that emotional? Is that physical? What about abuse? And is that physical? Is that emotional? Talk to me through, like, what is Jesus meaning when he talks here? Yeah, I mean, Jesus would never advocate somebody staying in an abusive marriage. There's no way. Sure. I mean, that's... You know, so you can pick one verse anywhere in the in the Bible, and you know we can talk about what that verse says. But then we have the rest of the New Testament as well. Right. So from the rest of the New Testament, and from what we can read from Old Testament law, if we really wanted to dig into Deuteronomy and Deuteronomy and Leviticus, there's clear guidance about abusive behavior, you know, mm-hmm. towards spouses. And so, um, if you're in an abusive, you know, relationship, you need to get out. 
Um, the challenge for a lot of people in abusive relationships is they don't know how. They don't know how right. to get out. They don't know who to ask for help. They don't know who they can trust. Right. There are a lot of pastors who present themselves as the solutions, which is a huge problem. So none of us are licensed or trained professionally. Right. We're just yeah. pastors yeah. who love you, but we can be the conduit to get you to the right person. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's mm-hmm. our approach here at Vaughn Forest. If somebody has a situation where they are in need of professional help, or we, we will help facilitate that. If someone here was in an abusive relationship that law enforcement needed to be involved, we would facilitate that. That's right. You know, so we, we have no issue with that. And so if you're listening, you ever find yourself in that situation, like you have an advocate in us is, is right. what I would tell you. Um, I think that once we lay that foundation and once we understand, you know, adultery and, you know, there's plenty of couples where somebody does commit adultery and they stay married. Hmm. Um, and so that's not even always like, Meaning the okay, well, no questions asked. The marriage is going to end. You know, right. uh, you really do have to look at it on a case by case basis. And so, you know, there might be a couple where uh, adultery happens and it does end the marriage. Mm-hmm. There might be another couple where adultery happens and they work through it and experience God's grace and stay married for another fifty years. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you really have to look at it case by case. Gotcha. Um, but I would say that. The reason why I wanted to use that verse in making that point is what we're talking about right now is not what happens the majority of the time. Hmm. What happens the majority of the time are two people who just can't get along. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Two people who resentment begins to build, and then eventually one of them acts out and maybe finds a boyfriend or girlfriend or you know somebody else that they connect with. Right. But if, if you could have backed it up a little bit and addressed the issue when it was here before it got to there, that probably wouldn't have ever happened. Right. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if, if your basis for staying <laughs> married is how your marriage is going, it's going to be challenging to stay married because mm-hmm. every marriage is going to go through storms and seasons and ups and downs and two steps forward and one step back. So ultimately, the reason why... Staying married to Morgan matters to me is because it matters to God. Hmm. Like that has to be my driving motivation. Right, Same man. thing for Morgan. I mean, just the latter story. She's been <laughs> married to me for 20 years. Can you imagine how many other things she's had to deal with? Now, none of those things are a biblical ground for divorce. They're just super annoying. Yeah. So it's it's that what I'm, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So a lot of those things are what end marriages. And I'm just trying to say, look, it does take a little bit of perseverance. Yeah. It does take a little bit of trial and challenges. It's not always going to be great, you know, but so many times, and Christians statistically are looking at this the same way as non-Christians. When that starts happening, the marriage ends. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. that is statistically what's happening. But yes, if there's adultery or certainly abuse, then that marriage has already violated what God's word has set up to be marriage. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, yeah, there's some steps that need to be taken. Mm -hmm. That's a good answer. Thank you. Well, uh, your second point was that we needed to choose to love and respect the whole person, not just the part we like. (laughs) Um, So how do we better love the parts of our spouse that we don't like? Because by definition, we we don't like them. So uh, how do we do that? Yeah, and I'm not attacking you or the question, but I'm going to try to answer it. Um, Please don't. That's a terrible way to think. Yeah. So having a biblical worldview, a biblical mindset, a biblical mm-hmm. philosophy, um, there's nothing in God's word that gives us the liberty to separate a person into parts. Mm. 
Yeah. They're always presented as a person. Yeah. <laughs> they're, so they're the whole person. <laughs> that is the world's way of thinking. The world's way of thinking right. is to dissect and to separate and to critique yep. both the external and the internal and mm-hmm. the emotional and the intellect. And and what God says is, no, you you love the way I love, which mm-hmm. is I love all of you. Yeah. And I accept all of you. And 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 we're called to love that same way. So yeah. my, my my challenge on that would be don't think that way. Yeah. Don't segment your spouse. Mm-hmm. Your spouse is your spouse is your spouse. Mm-hmm. Everything about your spouse is your spouse. <laughs> yeah, that's like you don't are. get to pick and choose the parts of your spouse <laughs> right. that you like. And then let me just throw this in for free. Okay. In an overly sexualized culture that we live in, <clears throat> your spouse is your standard of beauty. Mm-hmm. So our culture has a lie that there is a particular standard of beauty. It looks this way. Mm-hmm. And we can usually guess the age range and the weight and all <laughs> right, of the other right. you know things that would go with that. Yeah. Biblically speaking, your standard of beauty is your spouse. And mm-hmm. so Morgan is my standard of beauty right now. And when we're 90, Morgan will be my standard yeah. of beauty then. So mm-hmm. so again, the, the way that God's Word presents things is with a person that mm-hmm. I've given my heart to and they've given their heart to me and we've actually become right. one, I actually don't have the freedom to now pick and choose anything about that person because right. mm-hmm. yeah. I'm now joined to that person. Right. So, th- again, it's one of the ways that we all fall <laughs> victim to it. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's these things that annoy me and these things about – and, and those are quirks, and those are kind of right. idiosyncrasies, and those are things that, like, you know, you shrug off and go, well, that's my girl. You shrug off and go, yeah, I married him, you know. But, but like, <laughs> right. but, so we're always going to have some fun with that. But when you allow those things to create a wedge in your heart yeah. and start to build resentment, you've actually got a much greater issue going on than just that little thing. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. looking at your spouse through a lens that the world presents rather than the lens that God's Word presents. Absolutely. That's good. Yeah. So to wrap up the conversation, I really loved your last point by having fun with our spouses. I love that. Yeah. And I know there are some folks that are listening to this right now that are maybe walking through some trials in their marriages that, you know, fun may be the last, you know, thing on their mind. But my question for you is this. What are some things, you know, for those of us who may be struggling uh, to have fun with our spouses, what are some things practically that we can do to start having fun with our spouses? Never stop learning who your spouse is. Okay. Never stop discovering your spouse. Mm-hmm. Never stop trying to figure out things about your spouse um, because everybody's spouse is different. Mm-hmm. So the things that Morgan thinks are fun, you know, y'all's wives may not think are much fun sure. at all. Um, and, and I've had to learn over the years, like, what, what does she think is fun? What's life-giving? If we do these things together, man, she thinks we're having a blast. <laughs> and, and, and she's learned about me. When we do these things together, Adam right. thinks we're having a blast. Yeah. Okay, And then we do those things together. You right. see what I'm saying? Right. So you, you've just got to ask questions. You've got to pay attention. You've got to listen. You've got to, you know, and then schedule those things. Hey, I was thinking we should fill in the blank. And this is not money dependent. Right. You know, there's been seasons yeah. our marriage, we didn't have any money. You right, know, right, so right. like we weren't spending money on stuff, but I still knew if we did this, Morgan would think that's a lot of fun. And she knew if we did this, Adam would think that's a lot of fun. And 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 you just put them on the calendar and you plan for them and, and you enjoy them. But but you're gonna have to talk it out. You're gonna yeah. have to ask, yeah. hey, do you think it'd be fun if we and if they look at you and go, Absolutely not, strike it off the list. <laughs> right. You <Nope>. know? <laughs> Surely yeah. you can find something that both of you would go, Yeah, I bet yeah. that would be yeah. fun. Yeah. And um yeah. there have been several iterations of that in our marriage. I mean mm-hmm. 
We've lived in New York City. We've lived in Denver, Colorado. We live in Central Alabama. Can I tell you that where you live dictates how you have fun? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. just a reality. Yeah. So you've got to. You can't say I wish we used. I wish we could still be there doing what we used to do because that was a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. Well, you can't. So what's fun look like here? What's and let me tell you who does this really well in our church. Our military families. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. They Absolutely. move every few years. You grew up in military at home. Yeah. So military families are fantastic. They can move somewhere and within ten days discover more fun things to do than yeah. people who've lived yes. their whole right. life. Yes. That's right. So, <laughs> so uh, we, we've learned a lot from military families since we moved yeah. here that, that just have that temperament and that yeah. mindset. I think it's a really good mindset yeah. to have. Yeah. Just ask. Just talk yeah. it out. No, yeah. that's really good. I like that. I like that a lot. And I think what you said about scheduling that stuff, that's so important because, you know, if you just wait for it to happen, nine times it's out of ten, not, it's just not yeah. going to happen. So I think that's important what you said about scheduling we put things. On, you're talking about the rainy Saturday? Yeah. We put something on the calendar for the end of April uh, this past Saturday. Yeah. And we've just been talking about it ever since. (laughs) Like, we're really excited about it It, because we just scheduled it. We put it on the calendar. We're going to look forward to it. We'll keep talking about it. And it kind of made that rainy Saturday fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just just went ahead. Because guess what? There wasn't anything on our calendar at the end of April. Yeah. Somebody will compete for that time. I guarantee you. Between now and then, somebody's going to get scheduled this, scheduled that. I'll be like, sorry, it's already booked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we put it on the calendar. Now we look forward to it. We we did actually the exact same thing this past week when it was raining because we're taking a a vacation at the end of March. And uh, we went and watched YouTube videos from other people that had done the same thing. And so just getting together, building that excitement, so it, it, it helps. Well, I've loved this, this conversation. Yeah. Uh, again, talking about marriage is so important, having those built on that firm foundation. And we're going to continue this message series this Sunday, uh, Weathering Life Storms, here on campus, 9.30 and 11 a.m. Uh, if for some reason you're traveling or you're sick, you have to join us online. No worries at all. It will be there. Uh, website, vaughnforce.com. Uh, but gentlemen, we're going to wrap up this conversation. So Adam, thank you. And Matt, thank you for being yeah. here. Sound Guy Jonathan, appreciate you as always. And thank you for joining us for the Other Six Podcast. We will catch you guys next time.